Welcome to God, Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God, Yay or Nay. This is your host, Noor Kidwai. How you guys doing? Thanks for tuning in. I got a great guest today. Uh, my guest is Scott Belford. Scott's a comedian. He's also the host of the podcast, The Walk Off. Uh, we have a great conversation, a lot about uh, change in life and moving in different directions. It's a really uh, cool conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Please uh, subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. That shit really helps. And uh, yeah, check me out on social media as well if you guys don't mind. Uh, at Noor Kidwai on Instagram and Twitter, Noor Kidwai Comedian Facebook, and uh, yeah, I'll keep you guys up to date while I got some more uh, comedy dates that are coming up soon. Let's get into this week's episode. My man, Scott Belford. Welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. I'm here with the funny comedian, Scott Belford. Scott, thanks for joining me. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Good to be here, Noor. Oh, man, I'm, I'm excited for this uh, podcast. Uh, I think uh, me and you, we both kind of come from a similar comedy background. We both started in Edmonton. Yes. And um, we pretty much uh, went separate ways and did uh, moved to different cities and stuff exactly. just to make our career. So uh, I, I think a lot about this I want to talk about is like the moving aspect. You've done a lot of moving in your life and like yes. changed up your complete life. So like... Yeah, let's kind of stick on that topic a little bit, but let's uh, give my uh, audience a little bit of a bio of yourself, just a quick bio of where are you from and like... How yeah, absolutely. Uh, born and raised in Grand Prairie, Alberta. Um, I went to college at Nate in Edmonton, and then I moved back to Grand Prairie to do radio internship there. I wound up moving up to high level up north um, to do radio there. I did the morning show in high level. I moved back to Grand Prairie did the evening show at the rock station there, quit radio, moved to Edmonton to pursue comedy, was there for about five years, went from Edmonton to Toronto, lived there for five years, moved from Toronto to Halifax for about 18 months, and now I'm living in Calgary. So I have, uh, I've gotten around. Yeah, dude, all over the place. <laughs> yeah, and uh, me and you both uh, met each other in Edmonton, so that's when we were kind of like both newer comics. Uh, oh, similar. We were baby comics. Yeah, that's yeah, right. we we're at the similar level, so I think that's kind of why me and you kind of connected a little bit. Uh, Absolutely. But I ended up, uh, yeah, I ended up making my way down south, and then um, you ended up making your way down east, and like, so I was in Calgary, you were in Toronto, and yeah. um, two very different scenes, and I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know, like, why Why were you, like, why did you pick Toronto, and, like, what was your whole mindset of, like, going there? You know, it's interesting. At the time when I chose Toronto, I was very unsure about it, and it took me probably a year of being in Toronto for that uncertainty to even go away. Like, even after I'd made the move, I was like, was this the right move? I don't know. What pushed me towards Toronto was there were a lot of Western comics who kind of pointed me in that direction. You know, like guys who had done it before, you know, Matt Dillon, you know, Paul Meyerhog, some of the best out of Alberta went there for four or five years, put in their time in Toronto. I feel like you don't really get a lot of respect in Canadian comedy unless you go to Toronto. So that was kind of my mindset at the time. My mindset's changed a lot now. Like I'm kind of like if you're funny, you're funny. It doesn't really matter where the hell you're living. But I really enjoyed Toronto. It was great. It was a it was a really huge move for me. Like I was very very nervous about it, and I know that's one of the things that we said we talk about was just like getting over that hurdle of uprooting your life and pursuing something with a move, right? And I think I I wouldn't have been able to do Toronto without all the little moves. Leaving your hometown is huge. Like you're you're from High River, correct? Yeah. So that's south of Calgary, small town. Right. And when did you move from High River to Edmonton? I did that uh, when I was, I was still 17, technically. I did that to go to school uh, at the U of A. But honestly, like, I, the when I did that move, I think that felt, like, completely different than doing a move from Calgary to Toronto. Just because, like, going to school, you kind of, like, I was more excited just to get away from my parents and, like, get away yeah. from, um, 
just get away from like uh you know any kind of like people telling me what to do i just wanted to be free in uh, college and be able to party be able to do exactly so like it was a different feeling than going to toronto completely uncertain of what the hell i'm doing because like exactly the uncertainty is the big difference going to school you're like i got four years of studying like that's how you uh -huh. think going to toronto it's like well, I'm going to hopefully make, uh, like, hopefully I can find a place, hopefully I can get a job, hopefully I can make comedy work in a scene that doesn't know me. So, I don't know, it was, like, completely different anxiety, right? So much uncertainty. That's the thing, too, is when you're moving for college, like, I moved from Grand Prairie to Edmonton to go to Nate and go to radio broadcasting. But so many people were doing that, right? So it kind of gave me confidence that, oh, yeah, this is the move people do. They go to school. They leave the hometown. I can always come back to Grand Prairie, which I did. It was always kind of the safety net there. And then uh, the first time I actually – the first time I feel like I made a move that was very nerve-wracking and I was very uncertain of was when I left Grand Prairie to go to high level, which is about five hours north of Grand Prairie – eight and a half hours north of Edmonton. It's actually closer to Yellowknife than it is to to uh, Edmonton, right? So it's way up there. And when I moved up there, it was it was for a career opportunity to, to do the morning show at the YL Country Station there. And I was only there nine months, but honestly what that move did was kind of prove to me that I could do it, that you can move, that you can not know anyone, you can make friends, you can insert yourself in an industry that you're uncertain about inserting yourself into. And so even though I was only in high level for nine months, it, it really proved a lot to me with what I can just do when I'm pursuing something, right? Like there's so much anxiety and so much uncertainty attached to moving a big move, right? To uprooting your life and going somewhere else. That just that little move, even though I was still only five hours from home, in the long run, when I decided to make the move from Edmonton to Toronto, it was kind of that that kind of gave me confidence that, you know what, I can do this. It's not the same thing, but it's just still a big move. But there is something about moving thousands and thousands of kilometers across the country, and I'm sure you can attest to this. There's just like, uh, you feel like there's no safety net. It, like, you can always come home, but it feels like there's no safety net, right? Yeah. Uh, when you're in Alberta, like when you're still in Alberta, you can always jump in the car, you're home, you have your parents, you have the food, you like all that, all exactly. that type of things are still there. Um, yeah. You're right. When you're in Toronto, it's not only that, no safety net is like, you're not even like, no friends. Like uh, when I yeah. was in Edmonton, I still had uh, all my friends like from High River. There was still a lot of people who ended up moving to Edmonton just because it was a popular like schools to go to and shit like that of course so, you know it was just like it was a lot easier but when i moved to toronto it's like i had my friends in comedy but that's kind of like a business thing like you see them at comedy shows and that's where you hang out with them and it just it kind of had that feeling now just like now i'm fucking alone now like yeah. i'm just in this like new place which is very kind of uncomfortable um you said like you had a lot of indecision like you, it took you almost like a year and a half to make that move to Toronto that's almost exactly the same with me yeah. um can I ask was there anything that really like broke that indecision where you just like all right I'm just I'm doing this even though I know the uncertainty st stays for a while was there something yeah. that broke that no um I just had at five years in in Edmonton I without sounding full of myself you know I'd already kind of risen up the ranks in the Edmonton comedy scene I was one of the top openers at the clubs I was getting headline work on the road there and you do enough of the road work out west and it gets very repetitive so I was almost kind of trying to challenge myself to find a new adventure and Toronto just seemed like the natural progression, right? So that was kind of what finally made me do it. And my my now fiance, but my girlfriend at the time, um, was also looking for a new adventure and had kind of applied to some schools in Toronto and wound up getting into uh, an audio engineering course. So we moved together, which which definitely made it easier, you know, having someone at your side when you make that move. 
I kind of had had in my head. Toronto surprised me a little bit because you mentioned it too, right? That you know guys tour out west, so you kind of meet headliners, you meet comics, you develop a relationship with them in that comedy setting. So I kind of had in my head, like, oh, I've got good buddies out there. And not to say they weren't good friends, but it is different, like, when you come up with people, right? Like, when you're learning comedy together, like, you and I still have that kind of bond, right? That, like, we started at the ground level together and kind of progressed through the ranks that way. So when you move to a new scene, even though these guys are friendly with you and they're buds and you can go out and have a beer with them and you can shoot the shit and stuff like that, there isn't that same connection as maybe the people that you started with in Edmonton or that I started with in Edmonton or that even when you moved to Calgary that you kind of came up the Calgary ranks with because it's a smaller scene, there's almost like a more close-knit group that I don't know if care about you more is the right word but at least they're more entrenched in your life it's, so it feels more like uh uh people got your back a bit more it's uh, it's community and like exactly uh, and it's true like you have to really put in time for community like um then like that's anything like uh whatever you're trying to get into like whatever business or whatever kind of uh, industry it is like you have to insert yourself into the community and actually spend time because you're right that growth you have with people just from doing shit over time and like going over hurdles together Mm -hmm. like it it does create that bond which like honestly it's helpful like uh i'll tell you when i moved to toronto i did like I'll tell you, like, because uh, I, I was very in, indecisive of moving to Toronto, and I knew I had to do it because, like you said, I needed to bring some change into my life because yeah. I, I found I got I found myself in a spot where everything was starting to get stale, um, especially with my creativity, and mm-hmm. I wasn't growing, and that started to scare the shit out, out of me because then I was kind of looking at myself and I'm like, ooh, I don't feel like I'm getting better at comedy and growing up my art form and like I think it has a lot to do with just me being in Alberta and just doing the same kind of types of shows all the time and I just needed someplace new so I remember I was just so indecisive for like a year and a half or so about moving to Toronto that yeah. I did uh, an ayahuasca trip uh I don't know if I've ever told you about ayahuasca no like, yeah yeah so like, I it was one once like it, this was like my fifth time doing ayahuasca I was doing it every year at the up time but like yeah. that time it really just it really taught me like that the plant medicine like really taught me like you just just say you're gonna do it make the decision and be make the conviction like all that doubt all that uncertainty all that shit will still be there like it's not gonna leave but as long as you have that conviction you'll be fine and you'll push through it and once i i came out of that i did make that conviction and i did push through and i and i remember when i first got to uh toronto you were the dude i saw at a show and you ended up getting me a fucking job like in the first week i was in toronto and i was so grateful (laughs) because i was just like oh my god like i was just so nervous about like how the hell am i gonna make money when i get out there yeah and it was just like, bam, first week I fucking see you out there. And you're just like, hey, dude, um, I'm actually about to leave a job. You want to take over? And I was like, yeah. Ah. yeah. <laughs> and it's funny how just little things like that goes such a long way, right? Like, it's it's almost like without. And that's the thing is I, I feel like you almost mourn. And I'm sure you were the same way. You almost mourn the loss of community when you switch scenes, even though as a comedian, you're still comedy is very welcoming and even in toronto even though there is more clicks and it is so much bigger and they do expect you to prove yourself a little more than a lot of other scenes in the country i mean they still somewhat got your back but like i know that was one of the biggest things that i had to overcome when i moved to toronto was i missed edmonton so much and i didn't it wasn't the city i missed it was my friends in the comedy scene it was going into a room and then being like oh belford's here make room we gotta we gotta get him on the show right whereas in toronto frick you gotta be there two three years before you even before you're even getting that sort of respect right like where you're getting that sort of leeway where they're like oh okay well newer's here let's see if we can get him on where like for the first 18 months i was in toronto like people be like oh you're here again nice okay well maybe next week like you know yeah. like- and um 
like the good thing about that though and like the one reason like making these moves help you so much and help that whole idea of growth comes coming back like it is because that whole thing is humbling like it's humbling to like go to a place and have people treat you like shit again and like starting at the bottom of the whatever the barrel is like any career any career you're in if you do that if you make those kind of moves but it is like an opportunity for such tremendous growth because like that nothing makes you question yourself like that exact thing happening to you and when i moved to toronto and had that shit like it like a part of it hurt like i i went through bouts of like depression and bouts of just like fucking like how you were saying just questioning yourself but that also like just gave me this hunger that i was missing back in calgary i was missing that hunger of just like wanting it like i was missing that you know what i'm saying and like of course and it gave me that hunger of fucking wanting it and like i i remember starting to chase it again and um and like developing some just amazing new like jokes and like just a new um that's fine yeah for sure and it's funny because i i know everyone is driven differently but i find for me like i'm a very competitive person and once I had kind of reached the point where there wasn't a lot to chase in Edmonton, I, I was in the same boat as you as I, I just felt stagnant. I felt like I wasn't growing like I had in, let's say, year three. You know, year three in comedy, I, I, I felt like every time I got on stage, I was making progress. And then fast forward only two years later, and I felt like I was stagnant. And it's just such a weird uh, mind fucked overcome, right? Where you're just like, where is that hunger? Where is that passion I had? And that that was one of the big things that that pushed my move, much like it did you. You know, is it, it's just like I know it's in me. I just got to find it again. And sometimes a, a change in scenery is what you need to do that. So, mm-hmm. and that like that natural like hunger, that natural like wanting it, like that's something that drives creativity, like. If you want to be, if you want to be creative in any field, you really need to find that. And uh, yeah. sometimes, like when you're in that stagnant living and, and in that stagnant place, sometimes you need to make these like drastic changes because, like, yeah. that is one thing that'll fucking help you find it. And it's not fun. Like, it's not fucking fun. No, no. And it's it riddles you with self doubt. But once you come out the other end, you're so much stronger as a person. And you're so much more focused on what your goals are. I I think this isn't even comedy specific. Like, this is just life, you know? People get stagnant, and sometimes a change of scenery is all you need. I mean, we can even look at sports where you watch guys who, you know, they had a couple really great seasons with a team, and then all of a sudden the next two years, you're like, what the hell happened here? Then they get traded, and they find it again, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of chasing that... um, chasing that fire you know the thing that pushes you it's easy to just let it extinguish because complacency is 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 right around the corner for everyone right like comfortability is sometimes the worst thing you can possibly find yourself in and honestly man like i look at all the moves i've done and believe me i am so sick of moving my life thousands of kilometers across this country like i i'm probably in calgary for a while anyways but um, I look at my career now and, you know, like I've been a full time comic for three years come September 1st, which is, you know, a, a goal I had set out when I first started comedy. That was always something that drove me is I really wanted to make a living at this thing that I love so much. And in Canadian comedy, and I mean, you can attest to this, right? There is no there's no infrastructure. There's there's no direct path. You kind of got to find your own way to pull that off and my way was road work and the only way I was able to get so much road work and to become a guy where all across the country I was getting called for work was because I did set up shop in Edmonton and in Calgary and in Halifax and in Toronto and because I was on the road so much and so I just made a lot of contacts and a lot of um, a lot of work came from just grinding and always trying to find that that fire, right? That we were talking about, just that that mm-hmm. that thing that pushes you. So, yeah. in the end, 
it's good, man. I, I if people are considering a move, like maybe that's the trick. Like do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, may, maybe wait till after the pandemic. But I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is uh, interesting too. Like uh, I'm actually hearing like a lot of my friends making some moves now during the pandemic. Like uh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I, I get it. Like, uh, there's like, I'm like going back to Calgary next week or in two weeks and I'm just going to chill there for like a month or so. And like a part yeah. of me is like, maybe I should stay a little bit longer just because like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like this whole, well, like, you know, we'd be happy to have you, Yeah, hey, hey buddy, <laughs> but it's true. Like there's just this whole pandemic's just put like a whole weird thing on just like how, like I wanted to be in Toronto just because of like, it's just a live scene and like. Ah. The whole idea of, like, what Toronto's great for, the pandemic's kind of took that away. Like, now it's just, like, I don't want to be around so many people. And, like, now yeah. it's just, like, the the shows and stuff aren't nearly as fun and, like, nearly as many as there used to be. So, yeah. like, yeah, like, a lot of people are making, like, kind of changes right now. It's kind of, like, I, I love how this, like... Um, well, it's been tough. I mean, everyone's handling it very differently, right? Like, uh, it's 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 interesting to watch how every comic in my in my group of friends has handled this so differently. Like, I know there's comics that have have literally done nothing and have loved it. They've loved the break. They're like, I needed this. You know, I I was mentally drained. You know, like Andrew Albert, I was messaging with him. I know he did an episode with you, and like, you know, at at first he said that it was just it was what he needed. Like, this is a guy who's on the road 200 days a year, you know, like, so it was kind of nice. And then, and then you see some comics that are like, you know what? I don't even know if I'm going to go back to comedy. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. for me, I, it reminded me how much I love it and how much I fucking miss it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, which has been a nice realization. No, that's uh both of those things are great. Like, um, this is actually a good thing. Like, I think this like pandemic has told, like taught so many p- people different things. And like you said, some people it's like how much I love what I do. And some people, how much I hate what I, what you do. And both, <laughs> are, both are like great realizations, right? Because like, at least with that information, you could make the change you need to make. Like I definitely uh, was just, this podcast happened like a lot because of the pandemic. Like, uh, I was been, I've have been working on this whole idea of a podcast for a while before the pandemic came. But like when the pandemic came, it was almost like, all right, fucking push it out, push it out. Yeah. And it just like, it just made me like just rush to get it out, which turned out to be the best thing because like, it's good to have that uncertainty. Like I pushed out like my first like five, six episodes and like, I didn't really know what I was doing. And then, like, I just started getting the flow of this shit. And now, like, because of the pandemic, I just kept working on it. And now, like, I actually have, like, a better idea of what I want to do with this podcast and what it's about. And, like, it just helped, like, a ton. Like, um, I really really love the theme of this podcast. Like, just the idea of of finding your mental wellness and kind of, like... um, just there's so many podcasts by comedians out there dissecting comedy and it's always so refreshing to to find one that's that's not that that's still funny but not that yeah and i'm not uh yeah i have i have no like uh i don't really care about dissecting comedy anymore because like yeah like you said I, i've heard it a ton and like yeah no I've, I've always been interested in like uh just self-transformation finding that best best self best self that's like inside of you and like uh that kind of in a more of a spiritual terms and shit like that absolutely absolutely (laughs) man for sure hey so when you moved to like uh toronto like um did you have like a moment where like uh like that hope kind of came back to you where you're just like holy shit like this is gonna work and like you started like kind of turning the tides of that yeah, you know what it was? Is I, when I originally moved to Toronto, uh, my girl and I set up shop in Etobicoke, which was fine. It was right on Lakeshore, the streetcars there. But to get to a lot of the shows downtown, it was like a 45 minute streetcar ride, right? And that wore on me. And we were there for about 18 months. And when we moved from there to Lansdowne and Bloor, right into the, not quite the heart of downtown, but much more like the heart of downtown than Etobicoke, right? Mm -hmm. That's when I really found um, more satisfaction, even just maybe not comedically, just personally, you know? Uh, The comedy bar was four block walk from there. 
there was so much stuff going on all the time. I just was happier. And once I kind of found some happiness, it it really helped with comedy. It helped with everything, right? And I, I mean, that seems really uh, simple, <laughs> but it's true. Like, it is, and like, but that is kind of what you need. Like sometimes you just need a little bit of that. Like, oh, I'm feeling happy, and it just allows you to be like live a little bit easier like cause yeah just a little positivity in your life can go a long way so i think uh when we recognized that etobicoke was wrong for us making that move into toronto was big and it just from there overnight you know like there were comics that lived on the block i was on there were friends very close uh i i could do two or three shows a night rather than you know do one and then be like well if I got to work in the morning and it's a 45 minute streetcar ride and it's yeah. already 10:30 like if I don't get this streetcar then I got to wait 30 minutes for the next one and then I'm not home till 1 and I work at 7 you know like there was a and, lot of extra stuff yeah and like how you were saying like friends and stuff it's like that's community again and like yeah. uh, honestly like yeah the community is like it's very important man it's so important for me, I'll tell you, like, uh, so you got me this job. Uh, uh, it was, like, uh, for this design company, and, like, it was in a yeah. warehouse in Etobicoke, and, like, we basically were designing uh, different uh, stages and different events. Events, that's what yeah. it was, right? So, like, uh, I started working at this events job, and it was, like, uh, we did, like, it was the busiest time of their year, so I was, like, working long hours and just trying yeah. to do stage time when, like, I, got, I had the chance and like uh, everything was going fine but it was one of those things where it was like I was working so goddamn much yeah and um and I was doing like stage time but I wasn't uh like uh it didn't feel like I was like really like killing it like the way I moved to Toronto to want to do and then yeah. one day I just came in and out of the blue they just fucking fired me like I was right. just like yeah just straight up like and like it just like shocked the hell out of me because I was like what like I thought I was doing well here. Like, it's just yeah. like, they, like... I'm working so many hours. Yeah, no, like, honestly, it just, like, it just came out of nowhere. I was like, okay. But, like, that's where that hunger came back to me. Like, I at first, like, that whole week after, I was just, like, kind of in shock and, like, really, like, what the fuck? Like, now I have to go find another job. But then, like, that hunger came back, and I was like, you know what? I always said I wanted to release, like, an album, try to get it on, like, XM Radio, try to get some yeah. money out of that way. This is a good, like, fucking do it now. It's summer. I have some money saved up, thankfully, from this job. Yeah. Like, just take your time to fucking get your album ready, write your jokes, yeah. get it ready. So I did that. Like, so for the next, like, month and a bit, like, I, I booked a show back home in Calgary. I said I'm going to record my fucking album here. And I just like, yeah. sat down and like every day I spent like a few hours just like getting my shit together, then going out to shows and like testing all those jokes. And I just like I did it. And then like I went Prepping, and I recorded yeah. it. And I remember like it was such a good thing for me to just like set my mind on one like goal. And mm. like I ended up getting that goal and I felt good. But like, you know, when you chase a goal and you finish it, how you can sometimes sink in that depression afterwards. Of like, course, not. you're like, now what? exactly yeah. so then i had this like really bad like month of like just like not knowing what i'm doing in this city and like yeah all that shit happening but i remember like one day like i was just like in such a bad spot and like i remember a friend like like called me up and is like dude you sound horrible like what's wrong and like i was fucking crying i was just in such a bad spot and then yeah. like right after i got off the phone with my friend who was actually like making me feel really good like, he was, like, putting some positivity back into me. I, like, looked down at my phone, and it was, like, the guy from SiriusXM. He was just like, dude, we got your album on. Like, we're going to put you on, like, our thing. And I was just like, fuck. Like, that, I was just so happy. And, like, it was from that moment on, like, a huge weight was lifted off of me because it was like, okay, like, I moved here. I, I had a goal. I did it. Now let's move on to some next goal. Like, and, like, that confidence came to me like like you were saying yeah. like you moved to high level you got some confidence to like move yeah. on to something else and like do it like yeah man yeah. that that thing fucking like changed me and made me go like all right i think i can do it in this city now and that's one of the things that i think a lot of comedians need to find later in their career is how to prioritize goals that was one thing that i I watched so many young comics kind of flail for a bit, you know, where you're just like, 
well, what are you trying to accomplish? And they don't even know. Like, I was the same way. Frick, I didn't know what I wanted to accomplish, right? Even that, you know, it, it felt that question felt the same as a boss asking you, where do you see yourself in five years? But seriously, where do you see yourself in five years? You know, like, if you don't think about that, if, if you're not constantly reevaluating where you want to be comedically, then it's so easy to to wind up like we were talking earlier. You're just stagnant. You, you start to lose the joy of it and the the lust for for pursuing it. You know, mm-hmm. so I think uh, I I totally understand and totally empathize with the whole. Um, you accomplished your album, and then there's like this big letdown kind of you know where you're just like, and it's it's how long you let yourself wallow before you're like, okay, we need a new goal. Let's go, you know, like, let's figure out where we're going and what we're doing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah man. And, um, that's a good point, too, how you said, like, like what you're going to do in five years or something like that. Like, you really have to, um, like, actually, like, write about it and, like, think about it. Like, what the fuck do you want? Like, ask yeah. yourself, like, what do you want? And, like, that's a, a question a lot of us don't, like, ask yourself. But when you really do start asking yourself that, like, regularly and really start, like, understanding what you want and you can start, like, actually pushing yourself into that direction, which I didn't start doing until I moved here. Like, yeah, I remember I used to start, like, journaling about it. Like, I uh, did a couple, like, journaling classes on it, like, where it really did, like, ask you specifically like what you want and like you actually started writing about different aspects of your life and like it really helped me like carve out like more of a plan and it took it's it's something that just kept molding like that eventually led to where i am now right which is so important because i think even as you get older it's so easy to float for a year or two you know what i mean when i say that like without without establishing what you're trying to accomplish, it's so easy to just stay where you are and just all of a sudden a year and a half has gone by and you're like, what, like, what have I done? (laughs) (laughs) Where has my time went? (laughs) That's like, and that's pretty much my last couple of years in Calgary was just me floating for a few years. And, um, it's not, uh, like, it's not a fun, like, uh, it's not a fun fun feeling. Yeah. Because like, uh, that's like the thing where people always say like, um, like, are you going to go doing nothing? Like, that has consequences. Like, it really yes. does have consequences, like, in your life. You can, like, a lot of times it doesn't feel like it because people say, like, oh, I'm going to do something. And it's like, okay, you can do something. And then your anxiety kicks in, your doubts kick in. They start yeah. saying, like, okay, you're going to do this, but what if this happens? And, like, all that shit starts, like, screaming in your head. But, like, the, at the end of the day, look at the other thing. You can do nothing, and that nothing will have consequences. That not, And that even consequences if, suck. Even if the consequences are as low stakes as dealing with, like, once you do kind of figure it out, the guilt you feel for the wasted time, right? Like, when I, when I kind of figured it out in Toronto, too, and looking back at the last two years in Edmonton, and I was just like what the fuck was I doing? You know, <laughs> like, which is such a brutal feeling of guilt that you need to kind of overcome and forgive yourself for and all that sort of stuff. But that you're just kind of providing that one extra obstacle that your mind has to overcome, which is like your laziness or your uh, lack of direction or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. So then you got to kind of reconcile that. So on top of like wasting a year, then you also have to like overcome the fact that you wasted a year. <laughs> so. <laughs> and yeah, that probably will take a year to overcome that fact. <laughs> yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Nah, man. Like, what you want. Like, I think Like, I think for everybody who's listening, like, it's, it's like, really, it's a good question to ask yourself and, like, ask it constantly. Like, yeah. I think, uh, I don't know, are, are you into, like, kind of, like, self-help books or self-development kind of guys or shit like that? I'm not, it's not that I have any, um, opposition to it or anything like that. It's never been, I know I, I read a few books, um, frick, it would have been half a decade ago now. And they were really good for me at the time. I, I I should probably revisit, you know, like I, I really enjoyed Malcolm Gladwell's great, you know, like a couple of his books were like one of those ones where I was like, Oh, that's why my brain's doing this and I should do this or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, no, it's not something that I, I search out. Maybe I should. I don't know. It's like, I, I do like it. Like, um, 
I don't, uh, I, I was on that train when I first moved to Toronto where I was just searching for so much. So like I did find like a few self-help people like Tony Robbins, I think being like the yeah. best at it. And like, uh, just like guys who really, that's the point they really drive home though, is like pretty much like knowing what you want and keeping that at the center of your head constantly, mm-hmm. just because like your mind works that way. Like if you have something that like, this is what you want and you're constantly looking at it, your mind will like give you the answers of how to get there. Like that's why they say like, start with the vision first. Like what, what's your vision of what you, what life you want to be? Like if you start with that first, like your mind will find the way to get there kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, man. Like, let me ask you the big question of the the, the podcast. Uh, so Scott Belford, God, yay or nay. (laughs) it's funny man because like i was in my 20s i was staunchly an atheist like i would argue i was one of those atheists one of those annoying ones right that just couldn't wait to tell you how there's nothing uh and as i get older like here's the thing too is like you know i like hallucinogens you know i've done acid and mushrooms and fuck man there's more there like there's something you know like there's a connectiveness amongst all of us and and with the earth and stuff like that and so i guess i'd say maybe Uh, like i don't know i i i guess it's just i don't know i hope there is is that is that an answer i kind of hope there is you know like i like the idea of it not all being over when this is over but i also feel like that's kind of a selfish view, you know? Like, am I just saying that because I'm scared to die? Yeah, a little bit. So, I, I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I can understand that. Like, uh, I like how you said it's kind of like a selfish view. Like, uh, I'm kind of inventing this god just to make me feel better, right? So that I can carry on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll, uh, I wouldn't mind some virgins in heaven. That would be pretty nice. <laughs> it's true, though. <sighs> The one thing, though, like, uh, that whole, like, how you say you tried, like, hallucinogens and stuff like that, and, like, uh, you do feel that connectiveness to everything, so, like, that is kind of, like, a little bit of a spirituality kind of aspect that I I really do see cultures kind of developing now, like, it's coming into mainstream culture where people are starting to, uh, starting to kind of talk about this other idea of, like, what spirituality can be, like, uh, that's why, like, I'm not a kind of guy who believes in that kind of God or, like, heaven or shit mm-hmm. like that, but I do really believe in this kind of connectiveness. Um, I like, I also like the term presence, like, being in the now is, like, a way of, like, yes. living. I really love that term, and I, yeah, 100%. I think when, yeah, when you start, like, kind of living your life in that, those kind of ways, like, yeah, you do kind of start believing in something more, but it's really hard to kind of put the, the, like put your finger on it yeah it's funny because my buddy natish my buddy natish sakuja nitty sack there yeah he kind of yeah he's the best but he kind of summed it up his belief and i was like that i can get behind and his whole idea was like very scientific right where he's like energy cannot be destroyed nor created and we're all just a part of this giant ball of energy in the universe and yeah, when I die, my energy doesn't go anywhere. Like I'm still here, but not as this. Like I'm just it's like my energy's back into the into the ball of it, right? I'm no longer this like human walking talking thing of energy. Now it's just like it's back into the earth or whatever. And I was like, Okay, I, I can I can get behind that. That's cool, you know. Yeah, how high was the tish when he said that shit? <laughs> <laughs> how high is the tish all the time? <laughs> uh, so like uh do you have any kind of like uh, spiritual practices at all? Like, do you meditate at all or have any kind of stuff that like kind of centers you a little bit? Um, I got into meditation three or four years ago for a little while. I know that, again, Andrew Albert showed me how to do it. My buddy Jason Cooper does it from time to time. Uh, I did find it helps and it does it does quiet the mind. Uh, I don't do it regularly. I probably should do it more. It's such an easy thing when it, I mean when it comes to mental health, it's such an easy thing to let fall to the wayside. Not that it should be. It's probably the most important thing in a human's life is looking after one's mental health and, and, and your sense of being. 
but it is easy to just ignore it and and kind of push through whatever it is you're dealing with but yeah like i i when i was meditating i enjoyed it i i saw the benefit of it uh, i not really though you know like i don't really have any rituals or stuff that i do to to pursue my spirituality or whatever it is right so mm -hmm. i wonder if like uh, so short short answer no <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if like comedy is a, like a little bit of that for you, because uh, oh, it is for most time. of us, right? Like it yeah. does, like it does quiet our minds. Like when you get up on stage and like, you're killing it, it quiets the mind and it like helps yeah. you get into that flow state, helps you feel present, and um, yeah, you know, like uh, so. How 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 you been like handling then the last like the pandemic with like not getting on stage and like uh, it even was like. Rough. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you're making, like, uh, your career off of, like, doing, like, a lot of shows and shit. So, like, how does this, like, uncertainty of, like, the, like, future looking or feeling for you? Uh, it's, it's, it's hard. Um, it's, it, I find it even harder because everyone's kind of dealing with this uncertainty, you know? So, it's not even like I can just lean my hat on that and be like, oh, things are so uncertain for me. It's like, fuck off, Scott. It's uncertain for everybody, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, I was, I was having a career year too like i i was making enough money in january and february and march that like you know by the end of the year if i kind of stayed on par with that that i was like a legit career type of thing like we don't need to get into numbers but you know like it's not that typical scrounge buy on two thousand a month type of thing you know it was like actually you know i could pay my mortgage and everything i had extra money i was putting money into savings you know i i felt like a real adult with a real human job which is so hard to do as a comedian right oh look at this asshole right? all right bring it a little bit <laughs> and then i don't know so it was really depressing to watch 10k and bookings just go down the hole in you know between the middle of march to the middle of may and just be like son of a bitch like and then to get shit from some of my conservative family and stuff like that about being on Serb and how I should just go get a job. And I'm like, well, what the hell? Like, you weld. You take the summers off lots of times, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. I don't know. So, yeah. I don't know. It's it's um, it's fine. It's day by day, right? And, and, and it does get frustrating because one of the things that I did is every morning I'd get up. And I'd spent two or three hours sending out emails, making phone calls, booking myself, you know, like I always kind of went the independent route. Not that I didn't appreciate all the work that, you know, Yuck Yucks has given me a pile of works over the years. And, you know, the last shop here is working me regularly. And like, you know, all the comedy clubs around the country, I work almost all of them. Like, I, I'm very appreciative of that. But, you know, to make a living at this, a, a decent living, you, you got to kind of dig up your own shows and dig up your own corporates and kind of, you know... It's There's like, a lot of work to it. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and now there was, there was no work to do in the morning for me. And I'd still try to keep writing. Eventually I stopped writing because it was making me depressed because the way I write, I always, I, I like to get my ideas down and then go out and try them. Right. Yeah. I've never been a guy to stockpile ideas and then go back to them months later and still have the confidence in them. Yeah. I lose confidence in my bit very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's like a lot of people, if they don't understand, like how a lot of us comedians do it, like uh, we might write a bit, like, let's say if I write one this afternoon and then all of a sudden it's like, all oh, right, tonight I want to go and like try this out at a show and like I have a few jokes and then like you try yeah. it out and it does well. And now all of a sudden that bit has this energy where you're just like, exactly. Ooh, I love it. Like I'm going to go try this at another show. And like yeah. now you have enthusiasm built in with the bit. But, like, if, if that enthusiasm, like, starts to weigh with the bit and goes away, like, then all of a sudden you start stop doing the bit and it's not there. And then, like, you can almost throw the bit away and it's kind of gone for the most part. Sometimes you might bring it back, but, like, that's kind of how these bits are. That's why it's, like, it is, like, I was trying to write during this thing, but it's true. Like, man, like, yeah. you write and you're, like, ooh, this sounds fun. But then, like, a month goes by and, like, your enthusiasm's completely gone. 
Yeah, because you're not mentally in the same place. You're not thinking the same way. Even there's lots of times where I'll look over my notes and I'll just look at it and be like, I think that's funny, but I, I can't envision what I was trying to get out. You know, mm-hmm. like, so I think, uh, and everyone's different. Every comic's different. I know lots of comics who can just stockpile ideas and it's they don't need to try it instantly. You know, like they're a guy or, they're, or, or a gal that have confidence in their ideas and they don't need that validation from the crowd right away i do i need i need a group of people to be like yep funny and then i can build from there right but Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know yeah that's uh, interesting so like how we were talking about like this whole time like uh what do you want kind of thing like have you been asking yourself that right now like what do you want like Uh, when you're looking at the future now like in such an uncertain future do you have you asked yourself that I, 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 I've been thinking a lot about it. I mean, I do wish to get an album out this year. I think that that is something that is attainable even in this pandemic. I'm hoping I don't, I, I definitely have got the financial means to get through 2020 right now, you know, like, uh, daddy Trudeau there was very helpful, you know, and not <laughs> completely sinking, sinking us self-employed people. You know, it was, it was nice to like, for once have the government look after the self-employed which has never been a thing that they've done so that that was very helpful definitely nice but i don't know man if this carries on like if if venues continue to be at half capacity if people are still trepidation uh have trepidation about going out uh it's gonna affect our our livelihood for a year i bet like so and if that's the case then Maybe I got to get a job and that's not the end of the world. I mean, I, I the one thing about this pandemic is that I always put so much pressure on myself to continue to make a living at comedy. I always felt like if I had to get a job again, because I'd quit, uh, quit jobs and tried to do pro comedy several times before it stuck. So after I'd kind of gotten to this point where I'm almost three years in as a pro, I put a lot of pressure on myself to not fail, right? Because I felt like getting a job was failing. Mm-hmm. And at least I will be honest, I don't feel that way now. You know, like act of God or yay or nay, whether he's there or not, right? But uh, <laughs> act of God, uh, what do you do? Like, you know, no, like, like I, I, yeah, this is like something like you keep, we, yeah, it's a fucking virus. <laughs> you got to give yourself. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a break, yeah. But for sure. you're still like, you, it still hasn't like affected your whole idea of like you wanting to be a comedian as like your main. No, I, in, your life, I, in right? fact, if anything, it's, it's if anything, it's kind of reconfirmed how much I do love comedy and and how much it does add to my mental well-being, to my um, joy, you know, to being present. As you said, there is something about there's there's no more there's not a place on this planet where I'm more in the right now than on stage. And I love that feeling. And it's funny until you really brought it up, like I I hadn't really been able to pinpoint exactly what it is that I, I loved so much about just being on stage. And it is it's 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 being present. It's being in the now. It's nothing existing but right there, right then, which is so hard as a human like it's not something humans do very well is stay in the now like <laughs> yeah and like uh how many years like it just to even get to that point like i know for oh. like like doing stand-up like just to let people understand it like uh the first few years like you're, you're like you have to deal with so much anxiety stage fright all that shit and just oh. like even when you get comfortable with being on stage, then it's like another thing of like, now I have to learn how to write more material. And yes. like now I have to go back to writing new shit, which is scary again. So yeah. like, then that fear. And now, now it's like, I have to do an hour on stage and like, like all of these like hurdles. 100%. Yeah. And then and like, then a lot of times you get funny and you get to the point where you're ready to, to sell your act and you're like, Oh fuck. Now I got to learn how to sell. Like now I, now I yeah. need to learn how to be a businessman, right? Like, <laughs> but it, like, yeah. So like, yeah, like, uh, but like, just to say it, like, just how many years it takes to get on stage and be able to be like so comfortable and so present and like have that like mm-hmm. wonderful feeling of just like every everything just completely settling down and then it's just you 
feeling this like connection with an audience and just like fucking being able to deliver your jokes and shit For like that sure yeah man. like uh it takes so long to get there and uh, i'm sure you relate to this too but even just little things like having a heckler yell out you know when you're in your first five years there's like this this deer in the headlight feeling that comes with someone interrupting your act there's like this fear almost when something goes outside of the ordinary and it takes such a long time to get to the point where you can actually just address it and just be a human about it and you know talk to them or like you know something happens in the room and you can address it and acknowledge it rather than put your head down and continue to just regurgitate the words you wrote right Mm -hmm. so all right Uh, anything else you want to bring up my man like fucking we did cover a lot here which i like yeah, no, I, I think this was great. I'll plug my podcast if that's all right. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, so, like, uh, yeah, fucking, you're a big uh, sports dude. Uh, huge right? huge so... baseball fan. I'm the, I'm the biggest baseball nerd I know. Uh, uh, yeah, so I, I run a podcast called The Walk Off. It's uh, with my buddy Adam Mack. He's a comic out of Red Deer. It's on Apple and uh, Spotify. If you're a Blue Jays fan at all or a baseball fan, that's uh, kind of the direction we're doing. We actually uh, had Kelsey Layler just before I, I talked to you here. She's with the Canadian National Women's Team, won uh, a silver medal with the Pan Am Games in 2015. She's on the cast here on Monday, her interview airs. And then uh, the week after that, I talked to Greg Zahn, who was former catcher for the Toronto Blue Jays. So that's kind of cool, actually starting to get some real people to interview. It's awesome. Yeah, dude, that's amazing. Freaking, uh, yeah, it's like, I think we're all freaking happy that sports are back, eh? <laughs> right? Oh, man. Oh, man. All right, well, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me, buddy. I look forward to seeing you when you're out here in Cowtown. Hey, everybody, that was this week's episode. Thank you so much uh, for listening. I appreciate the support. The best way you can uh, support this podcast is by going on to Apple or iTunes and rating this podcast. Um, If you give it a good rating and leave a nice comment, honestly, that's the best way to do it. Uh, Please check me out on Instagram or uh, YouTube under Newer Kidwife. I'm constantly going to be sharing clips of this podcast and also uh, telling you when new episodes are out and sharing a little bit of my comedy. So thank you so much uh, and uh, tune in to another episode next time on God, yay or nay.